Hey folks, welcome back to the Eight Black Hands podcast. Uh, we were gone for a week, but we have a very, very special show for you. We dive very deep into the Chicago public school strike that is impacting a lot of young people. Um, so sit back, enjoy, get your popcorn and your notepad ready. We definitely want to get your thoughts on this one. We had a few little sound issues, but we smoothed those out. It doesn't impede on the conversation. So get ready to enjoy real raw education talk in the way that only the eight black hands can bring it to you. Peace. We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecki, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Welcome back to another episode of the Eight Black Hands podcast. We have missed you all. We've been on the road. I know there wasn't a show last week that is on me. I've been just crazy busy, but we will put out two episodes for you. Uh, the live show and the show from tonight. Tonight we are talking about uh, the Chicago's teacher strike. It was a really big strike and it's impacting a lot of kids in one of the largest districts in the, in the United States. Uh, and then another topic that ties into this is uh, there was a tweet recently put out by One Chance the Rapper and the brothers are definitely somewhat split. Well, I won't say all the brothers, but it's going to be a good conversation uh, when we get to that part. Our brother Sharif sent him traveling grace. Uh, he is, uh, his flight got uh, rescheduled and delayed so he can't join us tonight. He wish he could be here, especially on this topic because he had a lot to say. But I got the other brothers here, man. Ray and Chris, can you say what's up to the people one time? What's up, y'all? Ray, you want to say hi, brother? <laughs> what's going on, people? That's Ray's what's up. like in an undisclosed location. You know, that's Bruce Wayne, man. I don't um, even. I don't, I don't know why every smoke. time we have an episode, you have to feel the need to talk about my whereabouts. <laughs> I mean, honestly, but people can hear it though. I just, you know, it's it's not yeah, a. You can hear it. You sound different, so it's good. But um, you got that expensive mic that you don't get to use, but we'll work that out. Uh, I'm going to throw it to Chris just to kind of explain to the people what it is that's happening at the moment. So, Chris, what is going on in my birth city of Chicago? So there is a, a teacher strike in Chicago. It affects about 300,000 students who are out of school right now because their 25,000 educators are um, 300,000 students. That's right. I'm sorry. 300,000 students. It's a I lot of students, is, man. It's a lot of students. I think it's the, the, the third largest school district in the country after New York and after Los Angeles. Um, at issue is a pay raise. Um, the, the city has offered the teachers 16% over five years, which would take the average teacher to be a six figures, um, would be over a hundred thousand dollars. The teachers have countered that they want 15% over three years. That's just the part that is about money. Um, well, I shouldn't say that's just the part that's about money, about salary. They also, um, uh, want more staffing. They want more members. They want more union members. They want more teachers, uh, more nurses, more social workers, more librarians, more special education, classroom assistants, more case, case managers. And uh, unlike in previous times, they want it in the contract so that uh, future uh, mayors will not be able to um, decide step the increased staffing levels. Chris, uh, this comes at a time, let me say this too, this comes at a time when CPS, the district has lost a lot of students and they want to beef up the number of staff and union members. 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Ray. That, that was that was my clarifying question. I wanted to make sure that you added that they are losing students. Yeah. So so they have been adding staff for years. They have been losing students for years. They have some buildings that are uh, underutilized and some buildings that are are packed with too many uh, kids in it. And they do have big classrooms in those. This, I should say, is part of a strategy that has been devised by the teachers union in Chicago, though, that is being exported to other teachers unions in other parts of the country. They call it um, bargaining for the collective good. Um, in a previous iteration, it was called um, fighting for the, the schools our kids deserve. The strategy that I saw um, years ago, them explain when Karen Lewis first came to power within that union, was to find ways to demonize uh, the management and the leadership and, and reform and reformers and to wrap it all in social justice terms of things that the public can not say no to. Like who is going to say that you should not have more social workers, that you should not be a sanctuary city, for instance. That's one of their demands is that the mayor make Chicago a sanctuary city for students. Uh, um, you could have wrapped anything into it. You could say every kid gets a kitten, you know, um, what, what would be wrong with that? You know, mm -hmm. you say every family gets a stipend because we know that family economic security is killing families right now, is hurting. So why not put that in a teacher's contract? Why not fight for that too? You know, we can say every, you know, we, we're going to strike until every kid in this city gets access to free college. I mean, what would be wrong with that? Because everybody knows that college is good and it's good for kids. So why don't we strike for that? Why don't, why don't we? So this is why we don't. We don't wrap everything in the kitchen sink into it. First of all, it's a ploy. But second of all, while you're doing that, while the adults are fighting, while the college educated adults with benefits and jobs pensions, and so on, are fighting about how to settle employment contract, kids are missing school. So kids are losing learning time in a district that doesn't have enough days, I think, of, of learning days, period, anyways. It's not as if these kids who are mostly coming from poverty, free and reduced lunch, have all the time in the world for these college educated, fully benefited people to be arguing about their employment contract while kids are sitting out not learning every day. Yeah, I mean, I think that the other thing, um, you know, we were talking about this a little bit is, I'm, I was born in, here in Chicago. Like I have, there's a lot of family that's impacted by this and, they are not education experts. They're not, they don't work in education. They don't write for education blogs. They're not superintendents and not teachers. And so the sympathetic play has worked, right? It has worked to kind of be like, look, these are teachers that's working with kids. They underpaid, they overworked. Uh, we need to support them. And it's usually like about money, right? But a lot of them don't know that the mayor actually offered them a lot more money. And they don't tend to talk about this national, I mean, you know, in the, in the mainstream news around all the things that's tied to the negotiations, right? So like they keep throwing in things like you said, Chris, and I think it's important that we name it. One of the things that they're, they're trying to throw in is a moratorium on charter schools. Another thing they're trying to um, throw in is uh, affordable rent in, in, in Chicago. Like things like, like it's, it's so many things that's kind of tied onto that piece. And some of the things that's not in there is what's the apparatus in which 
you will be able to actually hold uh, teachers accountable after all these strikes and things happen, right? So, you know, Chris and Ray, I ask you, let's say everything goes the way it is going to go. And I think they're going to get it because they always do um, because they just beat the public down with it so much, right? Um, what does accountability look like in this strike contract? So accountability, accountability in this contract is invisible, bro. Uh, I've been searching high and low for uh, accountability measures that, you know, because I, I, I look at it like this. I look at it, if you, have, if you have teachers that are getting paid six figures, then there has to be six-figure accountability. In any other profession, um, you teach, uh, those workers are held accountable. Uh, when GM strikes, those workers are being held accountable for productivity. And any other playing field that, workers work and, and, and their unions negotiate or whatever, there's still some form of accountability or power structure that the company has over the workers at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like these unions, man, like I, I want, listen, I, I empathize for teachers, right? I want teachers to get paid uh, what, what they're worth, right? I don't feel like all teachers are worth six figures. Let's, let me just put that out there right now. Um, I feel like the teachers that are, are, are going to get you the most bang for your buck or the teachers that are going to get you the most learning from the students, the teachers that want to be held accountable, the teachers that want to see student growth, the teachers that will allow you to come in and give them feedback and want to get better. Those are the teachers that I want to see get paid six figures. I don't want to see every teacher pay six figures. Every teacher is not a six figure teacher. Um, but I want this union to not strike every year. I want this union to come in and negotiate fairly without having to be first resort, let me strike. Yeah, and I'll say this, like, there's a couple of things about it. They haven't, like, their big strike was in 2012, right? And that, that uh, um, that was new for them. And it was part of new union leadership that they had there in Chicago. Um, this is, you know, uh, another big strike for them. You know, they took it. Uh, so I don't, I don't think they're striking every year, but I do think that the threat of a strike is their number one way that they walk into negotiations every single time. And the reason that striking for them is so important. And so, um, the reason is because like Saul Alinsky, and all of the Chicago style organizing, they realize that you need to create a crisis to get what you want. You can't just actually sit down and negotiate anything. If you have big demands and you want to beat management down, you have to create crisis for the public and then you will get what you want. And that's what this is because they have something that nobody else has. They learned this from the AFT years ago with Al Shanker. They control the classrooms, people's kids. So if they strike, it's the biggest nuclear option that there possibly is because the whole city comes to a, to a halt. And what they learn with the AFT, you get what you want when that happens, right? This is attention-seeking behavior. They will get the attention. They will probably get what they want. They have the public believing that uh, this is about the kids and about mm-hmm. stuff the kids need because that's PR. They've sold it that way. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, what they want is more union members more dues, more money, less accountability, and no competition from charter schools or other non-union union forms of schools. So this is a universal power play for, again, let me keep saying this, for a college-educated group of people who have benefits and time off that the, the majority of the public doesn't have, 
pensions that they don't really pay for. I'm going to jump in. I know you got the robot voice, but um, I'm going to bring it back to you. I just, just as Chris was in that thought, right? Like, let's just be very clear around where we are, right? Because they made Rahm Emanuel look like he was crazy and like a tyrant and all this stuff. And, you know, people didn't like Rahm and, you know, it is what it is, right? Now you got Mayor, like, like, life foot, right? Like, like Lori is like an amazing person, right? Like Lori is one of these people that is super, Mayor Lightfoot is like super progressive, like is, uh, she set history by becoming his mayor, right? Like, but the, these negotiations would have you believe that she is the enemy. These, this, it would have you believe that she is like this tyrant, right? Like she came in wanting to be in better partnership and work with folks. Um, I mean, but that's what the play is to kind of name what Chris just said. Like what Chris is talking about and my, what I'm hearing it, Chris, and you can correct me, is that chaos theory is the way in which you have to get things done in, in, in their minds around this stuff, as opposed to actually coming to a table and saying, look, here's really what we wanted to have. Here's what we need. And let's figure out a way to work together. You got to turn everybody else as the enemy. Because if folks were saying, look, we, we need some better pay because prices are changing and we want to live in Chicago and do a good job. And also, here's how we want to actually define. We want to know that we're doing a good job in actually educating kids, because here's the biggest problem that we don't talk about enough. And it doesn't happen in living rooms enough. Anytime a, t- a, a student does well in a classroom, we prop that student up. We talk about how important the teachers were. We make them tell a story about who their favorite teacher is and all that, right? And we stand next to them and we show that love. But when we fail students or a student drops out or whatever the case is, you don't see people running up to take responsibility for that kid's education. We leave that kid and their family like on their own to kind of deal with that stuff. And I just think that we have to change the conversation around this. I just want black people, you have not been getting the education that you deserve. Like, if you are just like, I don't care what you choose, you know what I'm saying? Like, I worked in districts, you know what I'm saying? You need to be demanding quality wherever you go. Uh, I'm going to throw it to Ray just to kind of get his thoughts. Um, but I just wanted to to jump in there uh, and, and, you know, make sure Chris doesn't sound like Mr. Roboto when he comes back. Go ahead, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be Mr. Roboto. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yes, sir. You, know, you, you hit the you hit the nail on the head, bro. In terms of like just black folks and like their ask, right? Like I need for black folks to have a better ask. You know, it's like we send these kids. Like who who says it? Somebody says it all the time. We send our kids. We're the only race that sends our kids blindly to school to people that are a different race. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I I need for us to ask better questions. I need for us to have a higher bar in terms of like the people that are educating our kids, man. I, I need for us to hold them accountable. You know, I know when we were growing up, you know, when, you know, when you said, when you, when you went, went to school, a, a teacher, you know, a teacher's word was gold, right? And that's just the, the world that we live in. And, but now I, I just think it's different. I think that, you know, we got to trust our kids and we got to, you know, we got to evaluate those, those things by like a case by case basis, because not every teacher is going to be a good teacher for your kid. Mm. And so there are some things that you have to do as a parent in order to kind of, you know, order to kind of come in and ensure that, you know, the things that may not be good for your kid, you're able to substitute. Right. We got Chris back. Yeah. So I I agree with everything y'all are saying, but I got to make this point because on Twitter, I put something out about like, you know, I'm standing with the kids and the families that are losing learning time right now. And the reason that I say that is because I actually think if you ever see a fight and you have to ask yourself who to side with. Number one, you should side with the poor, right. no matter what. <laughs> you, you should always side with the person that's the, the underdog 
I, I shouldn't say always, but you, you, you know, you should look at this and say, who's without the power? Who's losing? Who's, who's losing? losing? Right and who doesn't have the power? So right now, when I look at it, you have the kids and their families, especially who um, the families who qualify for FRL. You have the teachers who I just keep beating the same drum about. Or these are college educated people, right? Do you know what the percentage of college educated people are in the United States? I think it's about 30, 35 percent. It's actually a, it, it's a, it, it it's was a minority. minority. Yeah, it's a minority. It's an elite group of people. So like the idea that you're the proletariat out here, you know, like, listen, I know that that rhetoric plays, but it's nonsense. You're middle class people, many of whom. Do you know that Chicago public teachers in a study that I, I can, they are sending their kids to private school at a higher rate than the general public. Right. The Chicago teachers are right. What does that tell you? Right. Why does that surprise you? Well, I'm just saying like four in 10 of them actually see no problem with paying for their kids to go to private schools, but they out here trying to like beat me up about being a shill. <laughs> like I'm a shield. Let me tell you something about this shield. Wait, wait, wait. Before you, before, wait, wait. Before right. you start talking about the shield. Go ahead. Before you start talking about the shield. Yeah, didn't, yeah, one of them, didn't, didn't one of them say the word like F-U-C-K-Y-O-U to you, bro? Oh, man. They, they like, you know, they, 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 first of all, these are supposed to be teachers, but man, when they come for you, they, 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 <laughs> they do not look like people you want to hand your kids over uh, you, to them. You, you just really right. don't. Like these people got some some mental illness going on in the Twitter space. But the bottom line is like, you know, with this shill nonsense, listen, they send their kids to private schools at a higher rate than the general public, right? They, they are college educated people. So that makes them an elite portion, even though they're out here with the red t-shirts and the bullhorns and all the like, come on, man, all the rev revolutionary drag that people put on themselves to make themselves look like the proletariat. Um, and it's some nonsense because right. listen, I will say this much. They are at times the underdog with management. So I would stand with them if it wasn't for the kids. If they weren't walking out on the kids and the kids weren't losing uh, um, learning time and, and it being about a bunch of college educated people who, who can't agree, if it wasn't for that part, I probably would be standing with teachers, right? right? And hoping that they would get the best out of this. But they're working with a progressive mayor who ain't, reform friendly. It's not like th this ain't Rahm Emanuel part two, mm -hmm. right? And one of the things I really didn't like was reading the article where it said that one of their strategies was to put her in her place early in her term, right? And I thought, wow, okay, so you have a white- Gang, gang. Gang, gang. Law, right? You got a white union leader who's married to an heiress of- of, of billionaires, whatever, like very wealthy people. Your union leader in Chicago, Charles, is a member of the 1%, God damn it. And <laughs> his strategy, like, listen, bro, and they, everybody knows it. Everybody knows it, right? He's a member of the goddamn 1% out here talking about this, this Marxist nonsense, whatever. But his goal was to put a black LGBT mayor, progressive, who ain't super reform friendly in her place early but, and, but, her that, but doesn't that but doesn't that reek like of like your power is like when you so powerful that you can actually like do that to somebody who probably would have been one of your biggest allies right like like i think i think the mayor is getting like a real wake-up call i think that 
she came in thinking she had some partners and they dragging her over the coals, right? And she gave them a sweetheart deal. Like, let's, let's, let's be, let's, let's call it like, it was a good deal that was on the table. I think here's the thing, all right? When we talk about we, we support teachers, you mentioned something. Oh, and just for the people listening, FRL means free and reduced lunch. Um, free and reduced lunch. When, when Chris says FRL, that's what he's referring to. We say like I I support dope teachers though man like and I think that one everybody ain't ain't equally good that's two, that's one but two when you trying to put a moratorium on charters or get charters kicked out or whatever the case is that's also a form of not supporting teachers right like if there's a school that gets built with teachers that are being held accountable and that parents are actively choosing to send their kids there right like. Like that, in a sense, <laughs> is not supporting teachers. It's like, is it just support these teachers or is it support teachers? Is it just teachers? It's just unionized teachers. Quick, quick, teachers don't count. Quick, quick question. Isn't there a charter school in Chicago that's a black boy center? I remember reading about it. That said that has 100 percent of their kids going to four year colleges, mm-hmm. universities. Chris is friends with, with, with Tim, right? Ain't, ain't you on Tim friends, Chris? I don't mean, you know Urban prep um, every okay, year. So wh- why yeah. the hell would I want to stop? Why would I want to stop that? It's even more, I think it's even more sinister than that though, Ray. Like, let's break this down for the general public, right? So there's a school in Inglewood and it's not, they actually have a few locations now, but every single year they send their boys off to college at a hundred percent rate, four-year colleges and all this stuff. Instead of saying, what are these folks doing? How are they doing it? Right. What the other side does, <laughs> as Chris would probably talk about, right. They look at ways to poke holes in that. Well, how many kids did they push out? Did this happen? Did that happen? So instead of actually celebrating the good work that these folks are doing, right? They go straight to the negative to try to discredit not only the school and Tim, but these kids, right? Like think of, just, let's just think about that for a minute. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to, now if you are critical of any other type of traditional public school and they only graduate maybe 40% of black kids and 20 can go to college, right? And you have any kind of notion of a critique, then you are evil. You are a basher. Like, and it's just the logic, like I, in my mind was good for the goose got to be good for the gander. Right. So like, I think that I'm trying to get to a place because Chris likes and, and Ray, a lot of people that we're talking about are people that I share blood with a lot of people that I love that are not in this fight, but you got to understand how much money is being spent to get this message out over and over and over and over. I've been conditioned, right? Like, like I'm black, I'm a Democrat. Like I live in these big cities. Like, your party is like Democratic Party. These are our values, right? You you fuck with the union regardless. Like I'm not a union basher dude, right? I actually work in healthcare and I deal with like the nurses union who is also a very, very powerful union. But when I say they go about business in a very different way, like it's true, right? Like, and I just want to like, we got to really start cutting the layers of this because we have great conversation for educational, like knowledgeable per- people on either side. They know what we're talking about. You know what you just hit on? That is one of my main problem with them, though, is they are like the thought police. Mm-hmm. You either with them or you against them. Like, right. In a situation like it's this. It's gang gang. Right. If you just have any critique whatsoever, all of a sudden it's just it's over with. You're a basher. You're a hater. You're a shill. You're a neoliberal this, that and the other. All the stuff that they didn't read in their whatever they read, you know. But that, that's like so crazy because this is educators. These are educators. And these are the people that are supposed to be making the public smarter. Right. And their number one method of making the public smarter is ridicule, anger, hostility, um, binaries. 
Like you're either with us or against us. No critiques allowed. It's like such groupthink, right? And it's mm-hmm. scary. It's scary. Like, like, like the idea that the people who educate children have no room for critique is a problem. Right. Like, like it is. It, it, and let's do this. Let's give their argument fair reading. Right. Because this is their argument. Their argument is that for too long, the schools have had crumbling shit going on. Right. They have had weak services for students that need a lot of help. The district has not been the best about supporting um, supporting the schools at the school level, probably more interested in supporting themselves at the admin level. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, in a broader sense, they really do believe that there are forces at work in the world that are trying to take over public schools, um, basically turn all the schools into Taco Bells, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, um, so what do you say about that then? Like this is really it. So if you come and you're supportive of any of these type of things, you do instantly step into that critique that they have for the broader society. Well, I tell you this, bro. If you got 100% of my kids that are going to college, then you can pass me one of them Nacho Grand Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 what I would say, man, is that I think we have to do a better job of educating folks. I think that, um, you know, and I think that we as a community have to expect and feel like we deserve better so we can ask and get better. And, you know, I think that, that that's what it really comes down to. Like I said, man, I'm not, I don't care what you choose. I don't care if you choose in charter, like I'm black, yo. Let me tell you what we do as black folks. I ain't going to speak for all black people. Let me tell you what the black people that I grew up with that I know what they do. Anytime they got any money, they put it aside and they made sacrifices and they did whatever they could to do what? Put their kid in a private school, right? Because they believe that education was their way out of this shit. Like now we've gotten to a place like, and I, and I support and believe in that choice. Right. So now if a family wants to take advantage of, of, of a private school a homeschool a charter school, a magnet school, traditional schools, whatever. Right. Like I think that this is one of the biggest battles you're going to face as a parent. I think it's one of the biggest battles you're going to face if you live in poverty. I think it's going to be one of the biggest battles you're going to face if you're trying to, to build wealth uh, and make sure that your child and their children are going to be good later on. We having conversations where people are putting in their contracts that you get rid of one type of schooling that people are choosing so much so that there are waiting lists. Let me tell people how waiting lists work, right? Because people have to state, they say, well, you know, people got to do these lotteries and things like that. The only reason that you have to do a lottery in any circumstance around public education is when there is too many, when the, when the demand is bigger than the supply. So, so when you have schools that are half full on the traditional side, and then you have charter schools that have lotteries and you see it on video where people are praying. Do you ever seen where they was like holding hands and praying that their number gets called? Those are the schools that you want to kind of like get rid of. Right. And I'm not saying none of this stuff is perfect, but you got to know what's going on so you can properly be in a conversation. So other people don't give you your talking points. Bro, let me let me let me just jump in about the whole lottery scenario. bro. I do it every year, every April. I do a lottery and like my wait list has grown. So from when I first got there, wait list was probably about 20 to now it's about maybe 500 wait list. Mm-hmm. Right. And like having to then console these kids and these parents that want a better education than what they're getting from the, their public schools, because I do want to make sure that we we say that charter schools are public schools. Any school that gets public funding is a public school. 
but their argument will will to a to a lay parent or to a lay person will make you think that charter schools aren't public schools and they are. But having to console these parents that want better for their kids, that is the main that's the main reason why parents are selecting charter schools is because they want a better option for their kids. And instead of these public schools saying, these traditional public schools saying, you know what? Let us step our game up in order to make sure that we're doing the best for parents so that they can pick us. They then go on this ploy to, to, to try to select certain things and whatnot, try to bash charter schools when that shouldn't be it. We're all teaching kids. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Chris. Like you want to jump in, brother. I mean, I wanted to say something else too about you, your boy Chance the Rapper. Oh, are we going there now? Is that where we're going? <laughs> we, well, real quick before we jump into that, because that's going to take us down a, a different hole. I'm, I'm not. Gonna... I'm not going to jump into nothing too either. I'm going to let you talk about it. Oh no, no, no. I just I, no. I mean, y'all, y'all had to smoke for him, so I want, I want to yeah. talk about it. But I, I, but before we go there, I mean, Killer Mike said, you know, kill your masters on that great like revolt speech, right? What I'm telling you as parents, yo, and what I'm telling you as a black community is, you don't need to have, don't have affiliations to schools and systems. Have affiliation to the greatness that your people should be receiving, right? So that means that if you put your kid in a charter school and it's trash and it's trash, then like get rid of it. You know what I'm saying? Like go at them. Like none of these systems, we don't work for these systems. Like I don't like seeing black folks carry the water for any any system that has not done them well, right? So like you don't owe loyalty to a traditional public school system. You don't owe it to a private school. You don't owe it to a charter school. You owe it to your legacy. You owe it to like what it is that you want best for your kids. Because I know people like Ray and Chris, regardless of what school they send their kid to, there's a level of expectation that they have grown and have the knowledge to have. Am I correct? Yeah, and we're not by ourselves. I mean, the bottom line is mm-hmm. black families all across this country are making moves when it comes to schools. Right. And middle class black families are doing it. Poor black families are doing it. Rich black families are doing it. Period. Mm-hmm. You play jujitsu, right? You talked about the lottery where everybody's praying and whatnot. Right. Other people are calling trying to get the hook up. Right. When they know somebody, you know, can you get me into this? Yeah. And, you know, that's happening in places where you got charters like New Orleans. That's happening in places like New York and Chicago where you got uh, uh, selective schools. Right. There are people in New York who are hiring consultants how to get their kids into certain kindergartens. Right. Right. So people are doing this. You know, they're, they're, they're making moves. Anyways, I love what you say. I love this about don't be beholden to nobody because I love when Howard Fuller says that at the end of the day, every system has shown the potential to screw our people. Everyone. Everyone. And if you invent a new one tomorrow, I bet you it's got the same thing going on. like, Like there is no, we have not found that system yet that cannot be used to our disadvantage. Mm hmm. Amen. So, Amen. so what you're saying is, is true. Like even a new one, something else, somebody pitched. I get it. So, so anyways, Chance the Rapper. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Ray. Go ahead, Ray. Before you go into this, right. before you go to talking about the Grammy Award winning Chance the Rapper. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is Bro, why we I, need I, Sharif here today. I, this I, is I why we like, need Sharif. I, I feel like we don't talk enough about homeschooling as an option, bro. And I feel like, you know, maybe in the future, we need to like, we need to bring somebody on Bring some parents on that have been that have been homeschool, homeschooling their their kids because I feel like that's a viable. Option yeah, I think that's right. People they, if they know how to do it. That's what's up. Uh, yeah, I'm so looking yeah, forward I'm to this show that Ray about to produce. It's gonna be great. Right. 
Let's go. I'm with uh, it. I think we should though. Yeah, I think I, I think it would be a great show. Yeah, I think so. there are black families that are doing it. It's the fastest growing demographic that are homeschooling right now. Is is black folks, and as you would not expect, it's not all black folks with money. That's what's uh, up. So, take, so, so lead us into it, uh, Chris. Because yeah, I mean, I'm ready you know for this. It's it's not a lot. I'm just gonna say that your boy Chance Rapper tweeted out his support for the teachers. And and I wish I had to tweet up right now because, you know, it was basically just what you would expect from a celebrity that ain't that dialed in. It was, you know, these teachers out here, blah, blah, blah. We stand with them, whatever. It's the I, got, I got it. I'll read it. I'll read it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it said, I totally support the CTU and all the other unions that are down with the cause. This strike is at its core for the children, not just wages for themselves. So selfless, G. Like, you already got to be selfless and gracious to be a teacher alone. But this strike is deep. <laughs> With a lot of ease, yeah. So, how, so y'all have some. I'm gonna let y'all. I want to hear y'all's reactions because I, I mean, I, I saw it a little bit in the group, but I want to like have this dialogue. So, so in order to frame this correctly, right? I, I want to ask y'all this question before we jump in. This: Do you see teaching as a vocation, as a job, or as a calling? I mean, are you asking what it should be, or what, what it should what it, what it should be in comparison to what it is? <laughs> What it, what it has historically been in the black community, it has been a, a calling, a calling to racial uplift. That is the history of black teaching in the United States. That's why people did it. Mm. And it's important. It's important for you. It's important for you to say that, because like I just got into a Twitter debate with someone that says that said that you see, I like 10,000 followers talking about teaching is a job. It might be a job for you, but it ain't a job for me. It's a calling for me. But I want to be clear, though, right, because we're talking about chance. Chance is not a teacher and chance is not an educational insider. Right. Like, I mean, so I know that there, like I said, there was a that's why I want to get your I want to get your responses to what he wrote in the context. of Chance is a product of Chicago, Chicago public schools. So and and, I, and if I'm not mistaken, his father is what a, 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 a city council, former city councilman, or is he still a city councilman? He has some he has some political clout, some, some political clout. Mm-hmm. And, and so 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 therefore therefore I expect for him to take that route. It wasn't it their talk about chance for running for mayor at one point. Is is not him, but it's always rumblings because of how involved he is. He's just a smart, right. he's just you know he's a caring young dude, right? Like so you know people want to throw things on you. I mean, and when you say he's a, a product of the public schools of Chicago, let's just be clear. He got into a selective enrollment school within Chicago, even though he was not a great student. His teachers at that school ridiculed his musical aspirations. And it was during his 10 day suspension for smoking weed that he put together his first mixtape called 10 Day. Right. Mm-hmm. And it got downloaded 400,000 times. So right. he, he made it in spite of the damn schools. Right. But he was already benefiting from something that people have widely criticized Chicago for, which is having these selective enrollment schools where they screen kids based upon uh, factors like GPA and others. Right. And, and, and he got kicked out of that school. Right. He made his name in spite of the school. So it feels a little, just a little kind of surfacey. But but this is what I want to say though. So so now but this is why like 
Chance is, is different for me. And I think for a lot of people in Chicago, like you can't, you know, it's like talking about Goody Mob in Atlanta or Scarface in Houston, right? Like Chance is so entwined in what Chicago is. And Chance I, has been rapping for two years. Wait, hold on a second, man. I'm talking about his contribution, not just to music, right? But to his community, right? Like, so Chance puts his money where his mouth is. He gives money to those schools, right? Like he builds these centers. He builds these programs for kids. Like he is somebody who undoubtedly loves Chicago. So I think that we have two different conversations and this is why I don't want to conflate, right? I don't want to Weinstein uh, Aziz and sorry situation. I think when we're talking about people in union leadership that actually have a game plan and a playbook that they are going by that know all the details of everything and then purposely mislead people versus somebody who feels like, okay, this is one way I support my city. I support these schools. I give them money. This is what they say that they need when I go talk to them. And this is what they, they just needed me to do a tweet in support. Got you, right? The same thing happened in Oakland with the cast that made blind spotting, right? Uh, uh, B. Diggs and Raphael, right? They two town boys. They super cool cats. If you talk to them, they'll chop it up with you. They're not education insiders. But when Oakland and apparatus of Oakland reaches out to them and saying, look, this is what Oakland needs and we need your help. Hey, it's all good. Let me know what you need me to do. I think that we have to have a conversation about people that have all that information versus those who don't. I don't. I'm with you. I agree with you all about what is happening. Like we just had this whole first half of the show talking about the union, talking about what's happening in a very insider way. Now we're talking about is a very well-known celebrity who obviously, who actually really, really loves his city, stands up and puts his, his clout and his, his, his status on the line, you know what I'm saying? To be in support of. And I just think that like, that it, it, we just have. I, I'm not going to use the word because Ray is waiting for me to use it so he can have something. <laughs> to say about it, right? But but it's I th- what's I the do, word? I What's think it's word? different. I think it's different. It starts with an N right. and ends in an E, right? Nuance. So that Nuance. so that's the piece because Chance, I think if we were having a conversation and we were and we were sitting here talking and I was just chopping it up with him and I was like, look, here go what these numbers are, bro. Here, here's like what this stuff actually really is. You know what I'm saying? I think that he'd be like, oh damn, I didn't like. Damn, I didn't know all that. We still got to support these teachers, but I also think that he would be the first person at Urban Prep being supportive. I think he'd be at any of these schools where he see black people actually doing well and being like, oh, tell me how I can support. But, but Charles, that's, here's, that, that's a, here's just, the that's problem with that to me. Here's the problem that, that, with that for me, right? It's like, uh, we're going to come from different political right. uh, points of view on this, for one. But I, I tweeted, I stand with the children. Right. right. Who are losing absolutely time right now, who are on track to not be college educated or have a place in the mainstream or be a Grammy award winning mixtape maker. Right. Mm-hmm. The children of Chicago are on track to be gentrified out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's what they're on track for. The major apparatus that could interrupt that shit. Is education is, is is the school system, not right. just education and the people who work for it. But when we start saying shit like I stand with law enforcement instead of standing with the people that their asses are beating down. Right. Right. I stand with the judges and, and the rule of law instead of standing with the people that they are giving bad sentences to. Right. The idea that you even see it as a PR prop to say I stand with teachers rather than saying. I know my city. I know what my kids in this city are on track for right now. And the shit ain't good. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like I say it all the time about everywhere I go, the kids of this city are not going to enjoy this city. Right. They're not going to live lifestyles. They're, they're not going to live the Chicago, 
the good Chicago lifestyle. Yeah, and that's a good, it's a great one there if you got some bread. It's, it's a great one if you qualify. If you are qualified, the first thing that's going to qualify you is income and a job. And the thing that's going to qualify you for a job in Chicago that will help you live the lifestyle is going to require a college education. Now, right. you need to keep working backwards and ask yourself how many of Chicago's free and reduced price lunch students right. are on track to live the Chicago, the good Chicago lifestyle. Right. Right. The right. one that the white folks are having. Right. Um, and, and the answer to that question is depressing. No, I agree with you. Listen, I agree. I didn't disagree with anything you said, right? I'm looking at this strictly in a, in a term of, of chance. And, and let me, I can, I can do this with my friend in Oakland, right? Mr. Fab is, is he's a legendary Oakland rapper. We went to high school together. Uh, super dope friend of mine supports everything I do. And I support him. Right. Like, but when the teachers union calls him or Oakland OUSD calls him, right. He's like, okay, as a servant of this city, a city that I love, a city that didn't give me the best education, but whatever. Right. Like, now I'm in a position where I actually have a voice. What I'm saying is they're not thinking about it in that same way. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's not, I don't think it's, I, I guess I don't want to, I, I, I'm trying to be careful because I don't want to group people in with folks that I think are being diabolical. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I, the, that union stuff, that like head of the table shit, that like we about to <clears throat> put this liberal mayor in her place. The first, like, <laughs> the first like LGBTQ, like, a publicly out black mayor, we're gonna put them in a place. I think that that shit is evil. This other thing, I think, is people that don't have a whole bunch of information and don't do the jobs we do. That's just trying to be helpful because when it's our marketing campaign is fucked up, Chris. Like we have let these people take over the narratives in such a way, right? That we have equated teaching with good teachers with good, right? We have gotten to a place where we are afraid—not us, but people—are afraid to even critique the act of teaching when every other first responder job has things that you have to be good at. If you work for the fire department, you get ranked working at the fire department. You get judged. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that was just my piece. I just didn't want, now if this is a different type of rapper that don't do shit for the community, that's slapping women on, on, on film and doing a whole bunch of other stuff, right? It's, I think that's different, but we actually talking about somebody that's like, that, you know, cares. You know what I'm saying? And I think that the, the thing isn't to bring smoke that way. I think it's to be like, hey, man, let me actually holler at you about this. So when I holler at Fab back in Oakland, I'm like, hey, man, like, I see you supporting them and that's cool and everything, bro. Let me show you what these numbers are. And let me actually, like, have a deep conversation with you about it. Because that ain't what he does. And he like, damn, I didn't know all that. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I just think that we actually are getting to a place where we have that type of reach, where we can bring in those type of folks and be like, this is kind of the point of view that we coming from. And this don't mean that you hate teachers. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of teachers that don't want to be bro, a part of that. I don't know why we got to keep saying that, though. I don't because, know why. Like, because every because that's what minutes, the narrative is. I know, but who gives a fuck? Like, I don't, I don't get why, like, every five seconds we have to genuflect. But, you know, I'm not against you. you know, but, 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 you know, I'm but I'm going to tell you why. But I'm going to tell you why, though. Let me finish, man. Okay, okay, go ahead. Like, the level of consciousness that we need to have, that we preach all the time, is one that the woke folks say that they believe too, which is the system is rigged against your black ass, right? And it's not just part of the system, it's the whole system. It's the court system, it's the school system, it's the police, it's the law and order part of the, uh, of the system, all parts of it, commerce, law, all of the shit is stacked against you, right? So to fall in love with one part of it and be like, you know, I, I, I'm not out here to bash, blah, blah, blah. Shut up, God damn it. Like, like, who gives a fuck if you are out here 
about to like, like bash, right? Like, Why are you like, hey, hey, whoa. Because I feel like, wait a second. I, wait, but no, but wait a second. I feel like, like you would never say that about police officers, right? To just tell the truth about the fact that you have lots of people in communities that are over-policed, that the state and the cities have people on your ass all day long, you would never like, unless you come from a law enforcement family, right? Unless you've got like an uncle who's law enforcement or a, a, a dad who's law enforcement, then you might find people saying like, listen, I'm for law enforcement, right? Um, and maybe they'll admit that there's some bad stuff. I think that's the thing with teachers is we have mm-hmm. a lot of people that have a teacher in the family. I do. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. You, you, have a lot of, you have a lot of people whose mom or dad is a principal or whatnot. But you should know if that's the case that you semi like doing well in life, right? And just because your dad's a cop, uh, and just because your mom's a teacher, or just because your uncle's a judge, that don't mean that the system that they work for is good, right? Like there's a level of consciousness, black consciousness that is missing, like we lose it when we're talking about schools. Right. For some reason. Right. I mean, so I was going to respond. Right. I actually was going to make the point that you made at the end. Right. Like in Oakland and Dr. Stanley talks about this when he comes on the show and just in general, he says, look, y'all keep thinking this is about education. You got to understand OUSD is the second largest job provider in the city. And I'm sure CPS. I'm just no, no, no. What I'm saying is, is that like he makes this point like you you arguing with one hand, you fighting with one hand behind your back because you're not understanding. Like when we talk about actually like. You know, we still do in Oakland, bro, you to do reimbursements, they still do, get done by hand. There's still like a little old lady that you hand a piece of paper to that processes your reimbursement. I'm serious, right? Like we can modernize that, but that's a bunch of jobs. So I think that you made that one point. I think the other thing, man, is that when you when you grow up a certain type of way, and I don't want to sound preachy, so tell you know, tell me if it does. But one of the things that you are loyal to is like that city and that soil, right? It's like, and you don't ever want to be seen or perceived as somebody that's selling out or somebody that's against the people, right? And what I'm saying is this is a narrative thing. So when Chance and Vince and Common come out against the police, right? It's also because there is a narrative of, look at how fucked up these cops are to black people. Look at what they did to Laquan McDonald, right? Like, so I know where I am on that side of the fence. And the other side has been doing this for 30 years, man, they have been building up the narrative. What was me teachers? What was me? Right. So it's like, look, when you have made supporting teachers ubiquitous with supporting education, that's where people are falling on the narrative when you don't have a whole bunch of information. That's that's just the point that I'm making. You don't want to be seen as somebody that's going against the people. But like you said, Chris, teachers are not the people is what you're saying. Not not solely the people. Right. Not not not. I want to say like the union is not necessarily the people. The union is actually a very powerful apparatus that has a lot. They're not the proper focus. That's what I'm trying to. Right. Like, exactly. And that, and, that, and we agree. Focus. That's and all we I'm agree. saying. Right? No, no. And, but we yeah. agree. But, but like, like, because in this in a different on way. this podcast, we always agree. No, no. Mm-hmm. We always agree on this podcast. Absolutely. Come first. Absolutely. And it's about the kids. Abs- absolutely. So my frustration that you're hearing, a frustration that you're hearing with this discussion, not mm-hmm. just in this podcast, but in general. Right. Is that the kids aren't at the center. Right. Of everything that we're right. talking about. And what right. I'm saying is these people are thinking that by supporting teachers, you are supporting kids. You see what right. I'm saying? The message has become you know, ubiquitous you know, supporting that. kids. And That's you right. have to say these kids are not being supported. These kids are actually being misserved. These kids are actually being mistreated. 
needed. And we have to start reaching not just our people that are in education that do the work that's in these fights. Because Chris, they don't know the letters that you got. They ain't never got one of them letters. They ain't never been cussed out by a teacher. They ain't never been cussed out by the union, right? You know what I'm saying? We got to bring that stuff to people's front door and be like, this is how your kids are actually being mistreated. And oh, by the way, this other school that's actually serving kids well is under attack. And those teachers are under attack. That's not unionized because these, because these, this traditional system is under threat because this other system has stepped in and is actually serving, offering a service that parents and black kids are wanting and asking for. That, that was my thing about chance. You see what I'm saying? Like, cause I agree with you a thousand, 1000%, but I don't think that he is the enemy. I just don't see, you know, that, that's, I just understand it because I've been pulled for other causes, man. Like, let me give you an example and then I'll shut up. Right. Like my brother fought in three wars before my brother went to the army. I had a lot of shit to say about the military. I had a lot of shit to say about what we do and how we do it. Right. But my brother who was failed by education system, who chose to go into the service where it saved his life. And now he live a better life than me and most people. When he's talking about the military, I just listen differently because he knows the ins and outs of this thing very differently than I do. But what I see on the news, all I see is shit is fucked up. All I see is things are bad. But that dude would not change. Like, he didn't love every moment of it, but you can't talk about certain things to him like you, Chris, because he's been through it in a different way. You've been cursed out. You've been slammed. You've been slandered. You've seen the wrath and the power that a union possesses firsthand. Jamoke, my friend, has seen the wrath that these people have from firsthand. People right. think that these folks is teddy bears. They right. think that these are just sweet people, caring people, and they all showed up like Mr. Rogers. And that ain't the fucking case. Some might be, hey, but a large joint ain't. Hey, let's not minimize my plight here, man. He's <laughs> trying to destroy my life, bro. <laughs> no, no, exactly, right? And I don't want, but that's what, but that's what I'm saying, right? Like, we got this because we friends and we do it and we've been attacked in certain ways. You know what I'm saying? Like, we felt it. It's different. Like, you know what I'm saying? Think about, like, you know how, like, in all those old shows and the movies, the mob movies where they try to arrest the mob boss, but that nigga give out turkeys every single year and the people are like, you're not messing <laughs> with him. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how this it's Nino Brown, baby. This bigger than Nino Brown, baby. That's all I'm saying. So Chris, I agree with you a thousand percent, but hopefully I was able to make my point of, you know, we got to do a better job of like, and I think you do this better than most. I think you do it better than everybody, to be honest with you. It's kind of like, yo, no, this is what is happening. This is how our kids are under attack. And everybody just ain't up to the same level as you are yet. How do we get them there is my question. I mean, I get it. Like, like, for, <laughs> like, but the bottom line is we're outmanned, right? Like yeah. there is, there is not an opposing force that you have right now that is not, that is doing, that has the connection that teachers have, right? Teachers have a point of sale relationship with the public. So when they act with one agenda and they go out like, like, listen, I want to go back to 2012. I wrote something about all of this in 2012. I ended up at some crazy ass conference. It was a socialist world conference of some sort. And I actually don't know how I got there and how I got into it, but I recognized where I was in the middle of it. And mm -hmm. after it was done, I wrote about it. Um, right. In that conference, there was a dude from Chicago named Michael Brunson, and this is in 2012. And basically what he was teaching the people in his part of the, the, the conference was how to agitate in exactly the way that Chicago teachers are educating right now. And this is in this is seven years ago, right? And he basically was talking about how it started as a, a book club with teachers internally to read all this radical stuff. And then they, they ran 
to take over the union. And they did. And once they ran, they doubled down on his exact words, doubled down on PR professionals. Right. And they crafted a strategy to turn the public against management. Against reform, Chris. Every time you get on the road, brother, you turn up Colorado, brother. I know. It's, it's, I know. They, I know. They, they, they done hacked into our episode. They knew you was coming. Exactly what's happening happening to us right now. But basically, I stopped right when when I'm sure it happened. But um, but basically, he was just talking about it as a strategy. The whole thing was a strategy. None of it was about like just good, honest debate or or negotiating in good faith. It was it was basically all how can we use our business professionals and PRs, PR professionals to turn the public against folks. And and one of the things in there that he said was they went out and did what the old union wasn't doing. They went out and met with their teachers on the front line and had one on ones with them and convinced them to talk to parents and students about their causes. Right. They are doing they are doing an amazing job. At 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 bringing people in and and sharing their narrative in terms of what what they're doing and the and the plates and and just everything that they're doing to show their side of things or whatever, and we aren't doing enough or not not even we like oh my god if you're exposing families to these kinds of things and they're only seeing one side of the situation then of course they're gonna be they they're gonna side with that side. That's what I mean. Listen, bro, I told you this, man. I know we need to wrap. The the best, <clears throat> what pissed me off so much about the Oakland strike, not only the fact that it was the second longest one since I was a kid and where I was involved in the strike and, and couldn't go to school and it was fights and crazy shit. The, the, the crazy thing was, is that how well I actually saw teach, teaching happen when it was in the self-interest of those teachers. When I, I, I was, at this whole time, I thought y'all was just struggling teaching. But damn it, when you wanted them kids to know about that strike and to be on your side, like all the things that you do to make you a good teacher, you mastered that stuff. So it's like, oh shit, like you just not doing what you need to do. If it ain't got nothing to do with you. I'm serious, man. I'm so serious. Like I put a report together and I let my young people, you know, I let them go where they needed to go. I didn't, I don't, I don't sway how people think or whatever the case is. Right. And they, they talked about how much attention they were getting when these teachers were explaining the strike to them, why this was important, how it helped them. Like if they explained algebra like that, we'd have a bunch of like brand new mathematicians, man. And I think that that's the part you said we out, man, we are, you know why? Because we put 30 some kids in a school and they in front of them every single day. You know what I'm saying? If you got to sit in front of a whole school of people every single day, you might be able to change some minds too. Uh, but let's roll that in the final thoughts, man. That, that's that's And that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the vindictiveness, when I'm talking about the the, <laughs> the inherent evil of like some of this stuff that's happening at the highest levels versus somebody that's that's pedestrian but is a, but has some celebrity that's just offering his name and support. Like that, that, that shit is different. And that's a different level we need to have a whole episode on that at some point. But let, close this out, Chris. I'll go first. This Negro. I can't. I swear to time out, bro. I can't, does he wants to be last? I can't one stand him. He just, he just want to be whatever we tell him not to be. Go ahead, Ray. I hate him. I, I love you, but I hate you, brother. So, yo, this is, this is how I'm going to wrap this up, man. Anytime I think about education, I think about students first. Like, I, it's not in a way in which I don't support adults because I do, but I support kids first. Adults come second to me in terms of, like, 
my mind and in terms of the work that I do, I'm always going to put kids and their families first. Chris, I think it's the same thing. Like, you know, you could take a lot of heat for any popular or unpopular position on strikes and on labor versus management issues. The thing you can't do is lose sight of the fact that it's about children. It really is about like, like which one of you has a plan to make sure what I said earlier is not the case, which is you have too many kids in Chicago who are not going to grow up and live that good Chicago lifestyle. And, and if you are one of the people who already have gotten your ticket to the middle class, you've already gotten your gateway, you got your little degree, your paper, your government job, your pension, your benefits, and all of that. Don't confuse your occupational um, concerns with the ideas that we need kids to be reading. We need them to be literate and numerate so that they can have what you have right now, right? That's all I got to say. Uh, I wanted to just start this off by actually just thanking <clears throat> Sharif, even though he's not here, but Ray and Chris, because I do, y'all, y'all do put up with a lot of shit behind the scenes. Like y'all do get attacked for really just speaking out on behalf of students and families. And uh, I just want to say thank you for that. Like, I, I mean, I do on some level too, but my the attacks that I've gotten, I get them, but they're not what y'all have gone through, right? They're not what Ray going to court and you being like harassed and, and, and verbally abused. I think, you know, to even take what Chris said to a different level, I put not just our kids at the center of this conversation, but our survival. Like this system is directly linked to how well and the type of lives that hundreds of thousands of people will live later on. And I just want us as a people to just know our worst and just start demanding better shit, man. I will help you close down or bomb on any of these systems, charter, traditional, whatever, private, right? Like if it's doing wrong by you, but you got to realize that it's doing wrong by you first. You got to know that like you deserve better and you got to know how powerful you are. Like one of the things that poverty gets you on is it by making you believe you powerless. Like as Chris has said on this podcast a million times, if y'all held y'all kids home in unison for 30 days, for them first few days, the financial blow that you would give to that system, like if you actually decide to strike the way that these teachers did, I bet you things will start changing. You have to demand quality. Um, and if I butchered any of that, Chris, please feel free to jump in, even though we're closing. But uh, I just appreciate you all in this conversation because I know it's tough for a lot of people. I know it's a lot of people scrambling, trying to figure out what to do with their kids tomorrow. Um, and my prayers and stuff are with you. And I hope that we end up getting a system that actually works for all these black kids. I don't think you butchered any of it. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I appreciate this this ability for us to come together and and come from different positions, but be able to know that we're all in the same place. Like we really yeah. do see it's about the kids. Absolutely. Keep and, it that way. And chance, if this makes its way to you, brother, you have an open invitation. I would love to just chop it up with you about this yeah. stuff and actually go into detail, like on some real shit, like really talking to you about what's happening to the kids, you know, on 79th, like where from where you from. So it's that's just an open invitation. This can never happen in a Republican run city. Oh my God. Why you we be doing so good, Chris? Like we be doing so good. Y'all, you have been listening to the A Black Hands podcast. Uh that was Republican Ray that just ended the podcast. But uh for the rest of you folks, um, thank you so much for rocking with us and listening to us. Uh please go and follow us on Twitter at A Black Hands One. Um 
We will try to do some stuff. I'm, I'm working to actually get us a splash page. I don't know when it'll happen, but um, we've been working, man. Thank you so much. We couldn't do this without you all. We will see you next time. Peace. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.